Hello and welcome to the Media and Marketing Podcast sponsored by Propeller, the PR uh, company. My name is John Reynolds, a host. Uh, this week I'm delighted to be joined by Dame Scylla Snowball. Uh, Scylla announced you were stepping down from her role as chairman and chief exec, uh, sorry, group chairman and chief exec of the advertising agency AMV BBDO after 26 years just weeks ago. Uh, Scylla was awarded her damehood in 2017 for services to advertising, diversity and equality. Now, thanks a million for joining me, Scylla. You are very welcome. Welcome. Now, your exit from the advertising agency, uh, I guess, caught a lot of people um, on the hop. It seemed to come out the blue, certainly to some people. Um, can you just give us some insight into if you had been thinking about it for some time, and if so, how long you had been thinking about it before announcing your departure? Yeah, hi, and thanks for asking me to come along today. Um, yeah, I think it's always hard to know when to go, um, yeah. and I'd been thinking about this for some while and decided a year ago that uh, I would like to move portfolio. Uh, So I shared that with my boss, Andrew Robertson, and uh, we made a plan together to work out my last year as strongly as I possibly could um, and make the succession a huge success. And um, that was the plan, really. What, did you, what do you mean by move portfolio then? You mean, what does that mean? Um, I work on some non-exec yeah, okay. responsibilities alongside my day job, two projects for the government yeah. and one uh, a property uh, okay. suit company. So I'm going to continue doing those and add some more NED jobs to my portfolio uh, when I stop at AMV. Okay, I mean, I think you gave a quote, I don't know if it was this time around, but you've certainly given a quote before saying, I think it's best to go when people ask why and not when you're leaving. Uh, I mean, is that something you were conscious of or, or, or not? You, you didn't want to sort of work for another five to ten years and you thought you might, you know, well, people might sort of, I don't it's, know, it's, tap on the shoulder. It's a personal view, um, but I wanted to uh, go at a time when I was excited, yep. proud uh, and thrilled about the things I would do in future. So I think the why not when question is something that was important to me and I thoroughly enjoyed my 26 years mm-hmm. here. Um, and it feels like a good time uh, to step down. We've got a very strong bench in the management team and it felt like a really good moment uh, to step out and work uh, on some new challenges. And have people at AMV tried to convince you to stay then? (laughs) I think everyone's very surprised I'm going. I think uh, the mood was one of thinking they were going to carry me out, which they still can, but hopefully alive, not dead. Okay, I know, I know it's very rude to talk about a lady's age, particularly a dame, but I mean, I think most people know you're around kind of the, the, the 60 age. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, cheers. Is that, I mean, do you think that's, that's too old to be working in advertising nowadays? Do you think it's a younger person's industry? Certainly not, but I think uh, these milestone birthdays do make you think about phases of your life and career. Um, and I've always thought you've got to manage those yourself and take charge of those phases. And uh, this is what I'm doing now. Okay. And you mentioned the strong bench there. So uh, obviously at the moment you're a group chief executive group chairman. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be succeeded by Chief Client Officer Sarah Douglas, uh, a CEO and Managing Director Justin Fowler as group chairman. Now I did read a piece in campaign which, which suggested or posited the argument that they might at the moment have too low a profile for this gig. Um, do you think they have too low a profile at the moment? Well, 
We've got a very, very strong succession team and succession culture in AMV. It's something we've been thinking about for some while, sure. that we think about all the time, in fact. Yeah. So Sarah is going to make a brilliant CEO of AMV. She's been here 18 years. Yeah. She's got all the requisite experience, smarts, creative genius yeah. to make her a strong success in the role. Okay. And uh, I support and endorse her qualifications for the role completely. Yeah. Um, I think profile is an issue that is built over time. Okay. She has her own style. Um, she's an exceptionally talented leader mm-hmm. and will build that profile and recognition in no time. I have no doubt of that. Okay. I mean, I just wonder, someone I spoke to yesterday who knows far more about it than, than me, uh, kind of suggested that um, if you were pitching uh, for, for a piece of business and it was quite close, and say if you were pitching against someone who's high profile, like a Helen Kellcroft maybe, or a Sarah Golding, that might be, be a factor. I don't know, would a client be swayed by that at all if it was a close thing or, or not? Or? I think an agency's profile is about the quality of its work and its team. And this is a team game. And I think we have a strong profile uh, that is governed in huge part by the strength of our work and our people. So we will pitch with our best talent and our sure. best ideas and Sarah is very, very good at new business pitching and um, will continue a strong pitch conversion record. Okay, and, and you mentioned a succession plan, so it was always going to be an internal appointment, presumably, was it? Or? Um, we believe in succession planning, okay. so yeah. we look at succession every year formally. Uh, we train people to be equipped to succeed. It's one part of it is naming your successor, sure. the other is training them up for the role. Uh, and we believe in internal succession here. If you look at the history yeah. of AMV succession, uh, it's always been done internally and it's worked, it's been effective. Okay, and just briefly, I think obviously, you're, you're, as you said, your group CEO and chairman for the last few years. Yeah. That's obviously, I mean, I read somewhere where that came about. That's quite unusual, isn't it? You wouldn't see a FTSE sort of 100 company with a, with a, a CEO, a chairman. Is that, is that, I mean, was that, is there a governance issue there? Or, I mean, you, that's not an ideal scenario going forward, is it? Yeah, I think it, uh, in a FTSE company, you wouldn't see a chairman and group CEO in the same person. Uh, my role has evolved over the years here from running the agency to running the group to stepping sure. back into running the agency from running the group. Um, but titles don't uh, necessarily govern um, the the exact nature and role. My role is to run the UK business and yeah. I will continue doing that for the next four weeks and then hand over uh, to my successor. And do you think you're leaving AMV in a, in a good shape? Um, it's billings-wise, it seems to have been top of the tree for forever. Is that is that is that difficult? I mean, you're so far ahead. Is that something you're conscious of at all, or losing that mantle? I mean, it must be difficult to keep it up for years on end, is it? Or it, yeah, I mean, I think I leave AMV in the best possible shape. Um, we've been number one by billings for 21 years now, which yeah. is a hell of a record and. I think by anyone's judgment, getting to number one is hard, but staying at number one is even harder. 
Um, but as our founder, Peter Mead, said, it's, uh, it's better to set out to be the best than be the biggest. And by being the best, you'll be the biggest. Uh, so that's been our ambition. But yes, I'm hugely proud of this year. We've had a great year. We've won some great business. Yeah. Uh, we've done some great work. And we've got a really, really strong team okay. and a strong portfolio of clients. So um, I'm enormously proud of the last year, especially. Okay, can we just touch very quickly on some of the clients? So you've got a new, you're working with Asda now. Yes. Are you excited? I looked at the the Christmas ad, which was which was good, and some of the advertising. Yeah. I mean, I guess again, I'm not an expert at this, but you wouldn't have thought Asda's like a hotbed of creativity would you in terms of the, the ads or I don't know I mean, what's that like to us obviously a big client is it it's a huge client and we're good at retail and yeah. we love working with them they're a very strong team a very ambitious team I think an ad agency working on retail uh, helps yeah. an ad agency in lots of different ways the discipline of retail okay. the day-to-day sales accountability is incredibly important and yeah. we love working on it. They're fantastic clients and it's a great win. Okay, and, and I noticed, I also noticed you, you do some work for the, oh, you have done some work for the Mayor of London. Yeah. Uh, about uh, knife crime, yes, which is obviously yeah. a topical, I looked in the you know, in Evening Standard, there was a, been a number of knife attacks quite recently. Yeah. I mean, is that, that's, I can imagine that's a very uh, tough gig. I mean, how do you feel when you kind of, see these wave of knife attacks in, in the evening standard? Do you sort of feel as though advertising's not working? Or? Yeah, and I mean, I think the, everybody's shocked by the incidence of knife, knife crime and the campaigns that we're doing are trying to address a really acute problem, but we've always been good okay. at doing work like this, which is very hard, very important, and can lead to lives being saved. Um, but it's incredibly difficult and this requires constant vigilance in terms of the infrastructure yeah. of safety and the communications infrastructure. So it's one we're looking at very closely. Hello. Before the show resumes, a quick word from Propeller, sponsor of the Media Marketing Podcast. Propeller provides PR content and events programs for companies operating in the media, marketing, advertising and technology sectors. In this part of the show, we speak to an industry leader to find out who or what has influenced their own career. And we also find out what advice they would give their younger self. My name is uh, Pete Zillig and I am CEO of Chale in the UK. And uh, Chale is an integrated communications agency with a, a strong background in tech and creativity coming together. My business inspiration is actually the fear of failure. Now, that may sound very unfashionable, but I don't care about that because I'm 50. But I think it drives standards. It drives a sense of good not being good enough. And I think, you know, that the business world today is extremely competitive. Failure is not an option. I realise that fail fast is a very fashionable term these days, and I'm all up for that in terms of agile things that we do. But in the bigger sense, I think it just drives a sense of urgency in me and a sense of delivery. The advice I would give to my younger self is to listen carefully, listen with intent, listen for meaning, listen between the lines uh, versus what's just being said. At a young age, there's a tendency to talk more and listen less. And as I've listened more throughout my career, I found I've learned an awful lot more by just listening carefully to clients and to people. It makes a big difference. 
I would like to give a shout out to Chris Thomas. And Chris Thomas is a CEO now of BBDO in the Americas. And I had dabbled in agency life. I'd worked for a few agencies. And then I went client side for about six years. And my agency was Lowen Partners here in, here in the UK. And Chris was CEO at the time. One day he approached me and said, uh, you're a great client, but we think you should come back agency side. And I did. And I never looked back. I listen to the media and marketing podcast because I always learn something when I listen to it. There's always something of interest, something different. If you want to discuss how Propeller can help you find the story at the heart of your business and amplify it to drive growth, then get in touch at info at propellergroup.com. Now, back to the regular media and marketing podcast. Jumping about, just going back to your your uh, your exit. Now, I presume you can tell us this now because you're leaving. So if, if you've been at one agency for so long and been at the top of the tree, you must get uh, compelling offers, I presume, from from rivals and elsewhere. I think so now you're leaving. Perhaps you can tell us where, if you ever came close to leaving and what's the most compelling offer you had. Maybe if you had offers uh, from outside advertising, I presume you had. I think I've always maintained that if you work in a place where you're happy and you're learning, there is no need to look around. Uh, I haven't looked around. I've been approached. I've resisted those approaches. I've been incredibly lucky to work yeah. in a great place with great people and great bosses. So there's never been any question of leaving until now. Right, okay, that answers that one. Let's. Um, we've talked about the gender pay gap a lot on this um, uh, podcast. Uh, I guess it's interesting. I, I might ask you about what's happening at JWT at the moment too. But I mean, if you look from the outside, if you look at some of the CEOs and managing directors in advertising media, uh, there seems to be quite a few. It's obviously yourself as Karen Blackett at MediaCom, uh, Carolyn McCall at ITV, Alex Mayhone at, um, at Channel 4, to name a few. Um, but I mean, the, the recent gender pay gaps um, uh, would reveal there is still quite a big chasm. Um, do you think, in terms of a gender pay gap, do you think it's proving as it, things are improving as quick as you? think they should be or do you think there's a lot of work still to be done? Definitely not and I think gender pay gap is important in shining a light on the problem across industry and across all businesses. Um, There aren't enough senior women in advertising and the data bears that out and we've been working very hard on it and it's much better than it was when I joined the industry when I think 11% of agencies were run by women and now it's over 30% but it's still at just over 30% isn't good enough and it really isn't good enough in creative leadership where there's an acute shortage of senior women so the gender pay gap reporting is a means of companies tracking their performance Mm -hmm. But I think most agencies are starting from a position where they can do better, they can do more. We have some brilliant senior women in the industry, but we need lots, lots more before we'll address the gap. And what's what, what's the best way to do it? I remember when we had Karen Blackett on, I'm sure she talked about quotas, which is quite an unusual, maybe controversial thing to do. But I mean, is there any good initiatives that you, you think you particularly support to get more women at senior level? Yeah, there's, there's lots of good initiatives. And I think it has to focus on building the pipeline, um, making sure that there are there is gender parity across everything you do not just recruitment but how you present yourself in pitches how you work with your suppliers Mm. how um, your agency coverage is managed you know it's 
it has to be every decision, every hiring opportunity. I mean, the agenda balance is good for business and mm. the business case is completely proven that balanced businesses produce better results, better culture and better returns. So a better balance is good for men and women and will help companies thrive. So it's something I'm particularly passionate about. I'm an honorary member of WACL. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was a former president of WACL. I chair the Women's Business Council. You know, all of Mm -hmm. us need to be actively engaged in fixing this problem because it's moving too slowly. And do you think we'll soon see a... I don't think there's ever been a female CEO of a big holding company, has there? Well, I think we're well on the way. Um, I think there are CEOs of big agency groups now. There are lots of us around. The pipeline is very encouraging. There are lots of brilliant programmes. But we need more. So it's a a numbers game now. So I'm not in favour of quotas. They would get the job done quickly. Uh, but I think targets are proving to be effective, but not just company targets and industry targets. We need to okay. look at it by department, by discipline. So I say each and every hiring decision. Okay, I mentioned the uh, controversy at, at JWT that's been you know, uh, revealed in a few days. What's your... Uh, so this is a group of white, straight British men uh, uh, basically accusing the agency of discrimination after they were being redundant early this summer, following comments from the creative director, Joe Wallace. Um, I mean, what's your initial take on that? Were you surprised by that? And do you think these men have got um, an argument? I don't know the detail on Mm -hmm. it. Um, I'm not fully informed. I know what I've read. Um, I think the cases that balanced businesses have to work for men and women and driving change... Uh, needs to be done carefully, thoughtfully, properly. Um, But ultimately, these things will prove to generate results because, as I said, Mm. balanced businesses get better results. So I don't know the detail of that particular case. I'm sure they're working through it extremely carefully. Mm. Um, But I think the system has to work for women trying to progress within it Mm. and for men trying to change it and change working patterns and parenting and caring responsibilities flexible working and part-time working should be gender neutral and uh, I think all of us will benefit from that and just when you started out is there still a preponderance is there still too do you think an imbalance and there's too many privileged British white men in advertising, straight men compared to when you started? Presumably there was more when you started, was there? Or isn't it still...? Well, as I said, the, the leadership data is measured every okay. year by the IPA sure. in the census. So the data shows that we have an imbalance, not just on gender, but on diversity generally in terms of age, colour, ethnicity... Um, sexuality, there is a diversity challenge in our business that needs to be addressed and we're not as diverse as the audience we serve. Okay, and another another um, new story I think which came out yesterday was WPP merging uh, JWT with Wonderman uh, and obviously merged before that Y&R which is kind of a, an aristocratic old school advertising brand with uh, VML which I've not really heard of, but I've heard of. But I mean, it's not as a, not as well known. I mean, it, is that? It, it, we kind of see more of this. I mean, um, 
uh, Omnicom's merged uh, media agencies too. I mean, do you sort of um, uh, have a concern about these? these? These are quite well-known, established brands, aren't they? People were kind of synonymous with advertising and then we're, we're in danger of what well, we are losing them, I guess. Does, does that bother you in any way or not? Or? I think the industry is going through a period of consolidation sure. and rationalisation and I think this move is part, these two moves are part of that. Uh, I wish Mel and Tamara every success in the new venture. Um, we work with Wonderman on a number of projects. We partner with them. And I think these consolidations will, will continue. Um, but I think they have to be managed in context of delivering better results for clients. So um, we have focused our offering very carefully on delivering in an agile way for our clients mm. at, at AMV and partnering with other companies in Omnicom and beyond mm. Omnicom to deliver those results. So I think rationalisation, consolidation and collaboration will all increase and uh, collaboration will be a massive theme going forward. Uh, we're doing some of our best work in partnership Mm. with other agencies, with other experts, with other creative disciplines. And we no longer work on our own. Uh, None of us is as good as all of us, as I think the phrase that is often trotted out, but collaboration's never been more important. So we could conceivably see AMV merge with another agent. That would be a really complicated name, wouldn't it? (laughs) There's none of that on the cards. Right, Okay. I'll rule that out. Okay. And um, we've talked about sexual harassment a lot on this um, uh, podcast. I remember talking to Helen Calcraft and others about it. Um, just, uh, have you ever, um, well, have you ever, ever experienced it in your years in advertising? I think it's a real issue in the business and the excellent work that NABS mm-hmm. and Wackel and the Ad Association, led by Helen and Tess uh, yeah. and Karen Fraser at the Ad Association, have quantified the problem and provided a support and policy infrastructure for the industry to pick up to fix it. So I think we have measured the extent of the problem in the industry Mm -hmm. and individually and collectively we have pledged our commitment to tackling it. Um, And there is huge work to be done. Uh, This is a very difficult area. It's difficult for people to speak up. Mm -hmm. We've done a lot of training in the agency around speaking up and dealing with this. Um, But the data for the industry shows that it is prevalent and must be dealt with. You carefully avoided my initial question. Have you ever experienced it? Um, I have experienced sexual prejudice um, but mean? not harassment. Um, I think the uh, infamous banter chat right. um, okay. that was permissible decades ago is is not really per- permissible. Was wasn't really permissible then or now, um, and I think it, as the data shows, it works both ways. Um, mm. And there is discrimination in both directions, but it's something that has to be dealt with. So you experienced it decades ago. Did you, did you call it out at the time, or were you, were you too young at the time? Or 
I think it always has to be called out, uh, but I think it's very difficult to do so, and the, the work that Karen's done shows how difficult it is that only a small proportion of the alleged incidents have been yeah. reported. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the issue we have to tackle as well in giving people the courage to come forward. Okay, well, we'll wrap up on a, on a, uh, an upbeat no, no, uh, note. Uh, you got your damehood, uh, received your damehood last year. Yes. Must have been a, a, a proud uh, moment. What, 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 can you tell the listeners briefly what happens? Because I guess I'm not sure I've got many um, dames who listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. There's Very quite briefly. a few of us. We're everywhere. What We're happen- everywhere. What, what happens then? You go to... uh, out of the blue, I got a letter one day uh, inviting me uh, to... Uh, accept the award and uh, then was invited uh, to Buckingham Palace to receive the award with my family which was a giant privilege and a gloriously happy day for all of us and for the company as well because these things are never the result of one person they're the result of a lot of hard work from a lot of people over many years. Okay, and it's not in any way uh, being an albatross. I mean, you're kind of uh, one of the public faces of advertising, aren't you? So, I guess an example of doing this, you're always called upon to speak on issues. And you, would you, is that something you'll be pleased? Well, I guess you'll still be doing, but not doing it in the future, but not to the extent you're doing now. Is that something I that hope will... I'll still be doing it. I hope I'll oh, you be enjoy, doing you it. Enjoy, this um, enjoy all of that. Yes, very much so. But I think when you've got a name like Scylla Snowball, adding dame to it uh, makes everybody do what you're doing now uh, laugh in your face so uh, albatross it isn't butt of jokes it is right okay Dame Silla Snowball that's fantastic thank you very much